Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. <coughs> me, 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 me. Okay, <coughs> here we go. Am I blue over you? What color's your hair this week, Kate? I'm asking you. <laughs> that was nice. It rhymed. It, it was nice, right? Yeah. It's magenta. Uh, it's not. It's not, actually. <laughs> I know very little about colors, but I know that is not magenta. That is blue. You're I, blue. I, I have blue hair. What's this podcast about? My hair. Yes. <laughs> done no it's oh. not gate it's not it's about children's picture books sure and whether they are good or crap yes if they're classics or not classics but we do make a, a slight deviation from that usual what's the word i'm looking for route sure <laughs> path path once in a while <laughs> uh we like to deviate deviate just about this time of year because coming on up at the end of this month very very soon is the Newberry Caldecott Legacy, I had to pause there because it used to be called the Wilder, Legacy ALA Youth Media Awards Announcements. The big ones, Kate. What's going to win this year? What are going to be the big hits? And you know what that means. I don't know anything. Precisely, Kate, <laughs> but I know way too much. So I am going to present to you three picture books that I believe could have a decent chance of winning the Caldecott this year. Now, last year, I don't want to brag, but I want to brag, we did pretty darn well. We had the Caldecott winner. We Are Water Protectors, which was the indigenous book by Michaela Godet. It was fantastic. It won an actual Caldecott award. We discussed it between the two of us. We sure did. Well, <laughs> and take my word for it. We did, my friend. We did. We did very well. I'll have and, to go back and listen to that episode. I okay, think. <laughs> you go listen to that episode. We, ca- we called the winner that year, and we got an honor the year before that with uh, going down home with daddy. We, we called that one, too. That was one of the three that we did that year. So the bar is pretty high right now. One of these three books that I'm going to hand you, and I'm not going to hand you more than three, even though I desperately want to. Uh, one of these three, I, am, I, I can't completely guarantee they'll get at least an honor, but I think the odds are good. I think the odds are... Pretty darn good. Okay. All right. I'm going to pull them all three out of my bag. Unspeakable, the Tulsa Race Massacre. By Carol Boston Weatherford. Illustrated by Floyd Cooper. That's number one. Number two, completely different. The Rock from the Sky. That's right. By John Classen. Very good. Number three. Oh, it's on the side. Wishes. Yes. Any one of these three could easily win the big, big, big award. Look at that. Tons of room on the rock from the sky cover. Tons of room for lots of shiny metals. You can put them anywhere on there. They look just fine. Take these three books and read them. Okay. All right. 
while Kate does her read, I'm going to do something a little different here. Usually I would give you a little background information on the books. I'm going to hold off on that until she comes back to discuss the books. And while she does that, I'm going to run through with you my other Caldecott predictions for 2022. Any one of these could win. Uh, the question is, which one is it going to be? Will it be Bright Star by Juji Morales? Mel Fell? by Corey Tabor, Milo Imagines the World by Matt de la Pena, illustrated by Christian Robinson, The People's Painter, How Ben Shan Fought for Justice with Art by Cynthia Levinson, illustrated by Evan Turk, The 1619 Project, Born on the Water by Nicole Hannah-Jones and Renee Watson, illustrated by Nicholas Smith, Unbound, The Life and Art of Judith Scott by Joyce Scott with Bree Spangler, illustrated by Melissa Sweet, or Watercress by Andrea Wang, illustrated by Jason Chin. Any one of those could easily win any kind of a Caldecott, and I would not even blink. I would not even be surprised, which means, as we all know, it's going to be in a completely different set of books. I don't even know what's going to win. It's going to be fascinating. Let's see. Three great big books. Yeah. Big books. Yes. Big, big books. One of them quite hefty. Many, many pages of thick, thick paper. But we got to get through three books. All right. And let's I just go to it. Then. I don't want this to be like an hour long podcast. It, will, it could easily be an hour long podcast. It, it could. So let's just dive in. And I don't All want right. anyone to get offended because I'm going to be kind of skimming through these. Yes. We cannot give as much attention to them as they possibly deserve. Right. Okay. So the first book, uh, Unspeakable. Oh, so you're starting with like Unspeakable. You're starting with the... Yes. Like, in a way, the biggest book in some ways. Uh, I mean, not page-wise, but... No, 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 but they have the heaviest weight, topic. Yes. Yeah, the weighty subject matter. Yes. Unspeakable, the Tulsa Race Massacre. Mm -hmm. First, One might say an impossible topic to do in a picture book for kids. Uh, yeah, it kind and of yet is. It, yeah, it would be, but I think she does a rather good job, but continue. Well, I, I only have one qualm with it. Oh, what's that? But all we'll, right, we'll get to we'll it. We'll get yeah. to it. Okay, so first of all... 100% this is my kind of art. Mm, um, that's anyone, Floyd Cooper. If anyone wanted to know what kind of art I like, boom, this is it. I so, love how realistic all the portraits can be. Floyd Cooper, I should say, he died last year. Um, this is, in many ways, one of his last books he ever did. Never has gotten a Caldecott. Wow. Not once. Wow. Hence, the real belief that this may be a posthumous Caldecott year. Interesting. Because he is amazing. And also... Side note, nicest guy alive when he was alive. He was so sweet. Oh, yeah. well, uh, yeah, I'm total fan of the art, but I like how uh, this story starts with, uh, it always says, once upon a time, and it says, once upon a time near Tulsa. And then later it says, once upon a time in Tulsa, in a community called Greenwood, and then once upon a time in Greenwood. So mm -hmm. we're getting into the exact area of where we're going to focus this story on. Yeah, um, nice. And it talks about how the train tracks divided the black and white communities and then i was thinking where does that phrase the other side of the tracks come from mm -hmm. and i found on google i don't know if this is true because it's from the internet right however what i did find it sounds good so okay. i'm going with it it said that it originated in the 1920s at a pub in downtown tulsa located at first and boston street get out of town the railroad tracks ran immediately behind the building on the northern side the greenwood district a successfully pre predominantly black neighborhood was on the north side of the tracks while the whites lived on the south side of the tracks uh, wow i had no idea so it yeah. actually did refer to tulsa yeah and greenwood 
Huh. So the other side of the tracks. That's there you go. I just thought it was go. kind of interesting. That is interesting. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> even if you know nothing about um, the massacre, you know that it's not going to end well when they talk about just how prosperous this area was. Yeah. Several libraries, hospital, post office, mm-hmm. separate school system. That's foreshadowing for adults in some ways. Yeah. Oh yes. A lot of the book does concentrate on the good, which I think is a really good way to go about this. It does. Yeah. yeah. It, it talks about how there were two different newspapers and 15 black doctors, including Dr. AC Jackson, who was, the most able black surgeon in the nation. Mm -hmm. Um, It talks about how there was this soda fountain at Williams Confectionery, which was the backdrop for marriage proposals. And I was thinking, do kids know what a soda fountain is anymore? Oh no, not even slightly, but that's okay. They can ask. But uh, the, the fashion of the twenties, I love it. The hats, just the hats, the hats, the jackets, the Mm -hmm. dresses, also the cars, the Mm -hmm. like very stylish. Just a gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the twenties. Oh yeah. (laughs) However, you know, the story is going to turn bad when the page is completely in like, well, it's almost black with white print. That's a design choice. It is. And Mm -hmm. it's a very smart one Mm -hmm. because at this point I went, Oh, no. And I didn't know that it started with a white teenager that was an elevator operator. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. I had... Okay, here's the thing. This was never taught in school. Oh, no. Um, Not when we were kids. No. So I'm pretty much learning this as I read this book, which is sad. Yeah. I mean, the only other way that it even came to light was... I mean, it's, it's been there forever, but... Watchmen, the television show, that was what really brought this to the forefront. People remembering it as much as they have because it was in the TV show Watchmen. Oh. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking that if it wasn't this stupid white teenager, it would have been something else. Oh, absolutely. Because this was brewing. Any excuse that there could have been. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened, for those of you who don't know, is that there was this white teenager elevator operator who accused... A black shoeshine man of assault, um, that black man went to jail. There was a headline in the newspaper that was prompting readers to nab, quote unquote, nab him. Mm-hmm. At which point, um, the black residents uh, decided to go downtown to rescue this man because he was... He's going to be lynched. He was going to be lynched. Yeah, quite clearly. And then obviously there were going to be clashes between the whites and blacks. The white mob decided to spark some rumors... Uh, that the black community was going to attack. And so, like, the police deputized some random white people. Mm-hmm. And these white people started looting and burning homes and burning bills businesses. And essentially forcing all the black residents to pick up what they could and make a run for it. I think the plane is a reference to the firebombing. I think there was even firebombing that was involved as well. And yeah. there were World War One veterans that mm-hmm. were trying to, like, defend their families and properties, but they were outnumbered. Yeah. And I, 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 I can't even imagine you're... You are being run out of your home and your town because of a bunch of angry racists, and you just have to pick up what you can and, you know, try and save your life, or else you will get killed. Mm-hmm. And... A lot of people did, including Dr. Jackson, who I mentioned. Mm-hmm. It says that there were hundreds that were injured. Up to 300 black people were killed. There were so many that were left homeless. There were businesses that were just reduced to ash. The National Guard came like a day later, and all they did was put out the fires. Um, and then black residents had to just 
well, they had to carry passes to enter their own city, which was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You have given me a book in the past that showed a gun. I think it was like a robber getting into a house, and there was like there were two. Oh, different... that was like the the Pinkerton book, right? Yeah, there were two different versions. Yeah, one with a gun, one without. Yeah, but this book shows a white man with a gun, and this is terrifying. Oh yeah, 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 and obviously quite realistic because all the illustrations are realistic yep. um and that's that's a scary image he's oh, not no. in the forefront he's in the background but yeah. he commands the attention because he has to gun yep 75 years pass before law lawmakers launch this investigation and discover that both the police and city officials had plotted with the whites to destroy this black community which is um a little late, one might say. Tiny, a, a tiny think? bit. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> um, and then the story ends um, showing the monument that's now in Tulsa's uh, Reconciliation Park, mm-hmm. which uh, remembers the victims of the massacre. And it has a whole bunch of people like arm in arm around the statue. But um, And this was really my only qualm. I know it's a hard story to end, but I just, I didn't, like this ending the the image of the whites and blacks with the arms around one another around a statue around a statue and and it's and the last i mean it's an impossible book to end i don't even know how you could end that book yeah the last sentence is it is a place to realize the responsibility we all have to reject hatred and violence and instead choose hope which is probably the best it's the best way you can end it i agree with you it's not an ideal Ending, I mean, the author's note, thank God, comes after oh, that. Oh, you want back matter? It's yeah. all the back matter you could <laughs> ask for. All the back matter that could be had. Here's the thing about its chances winning the Caldecott. Right now, around the country, we've got this huge um, push of censorship where people are like, oh, critical race theory. We must get rid of all books that are in any way critical about our history uh, towards black people. And... If this book wins a Caldecott, it will be a glorious thing because not only does it honor Floyd Cooper, but it honors a moment that was never taught in schools. And it's going to be the kind of book that it's like, oh, you want something that's critical of American history and what white people have done? This is the book, people. And this it should is the be book. in every school. Absolutely. Every school library. And it should be taught to every school child. So, yes. Yeah. Overall, my opinion is that this is obviously an event that needs to be taught to kids the history of our country. I mean, especially right now. And uh, I obviously think the illustrations are beautiful. I'd be shocked if it didn't get at least a nomination. My only qualm is the way it ended. But again, I don't know how else you could have ended it. I I agree with you. I have no solutions. Nope. (laughs) Nope. Okay, so now let's get to the... The less, the less serious the, book. The 100-page picture book that you gave me. Um, it's called The Rock from the Sky. Is this by the guy who did, it was like a bear and I a want hat. my hat back. Yeah. Yeah, I want my hat back. Yes, that's right. So we meet this turtle and this... Armadillo. Roar. Armadillo. Are you, it is? Uh, that's what I've heard. Okay. They're wearing bowler hats. Yeah, they are. It's like waiting for Godot. It's cute. Yeah. And uh, and they are and they're looking right at you the whole time. Not always. No, not always. But often. It's cute. Um, so they it's it's a very simple book. Uh, they they're on this land 
and they want to stand in a place, mm -hmm. and then they decide to stand in another place, and luckily they decided to change where they are standing <laughs> because a giant rock fell from the sky and would have killed them. It wasn't a title. Right. So then, later on, we meet a snake. Yes. Uh, so there's three characters in this story. Yes. There's well, a... technically there's four, but okay. Well. <laughs> I'm the... giving it away. Right. So, well, of the, the snake has of more the of a animals, beret, right? Yes. Yeah. Can we talk about the beret on the snake? Such a good idea. I want someone who owns a snake <laughs> to make a tiny little beret, put it on their snake. Well, I do believe that our cousin owns a snake or two. That's true. She is very crafty. She is. She should beret that snake. <laughs> beret, beret that snake. Beret that snake. Okay, okay. Jesse, <laughs> do it. I think I as soon as I saw this illustration of a snake wearing a beret, I was like, oh, I need to see this. I need to see that in real life. There's definitely uh, repetition in this. I'm sorry, book. that book crack, cracks me up from here. I just find it unspeakably funny. It's it, it's a it is funny. I will give it that. It's, it's got, got comic timing, man. Like straight out of Warner Brothers and repetition, which and helps repetition. With the joke. Yes, and then chapter three is the future. Oh yeah, I love the future. This is the creepy one where yes. the armadillo and the turtle decide to climb to the top of this rock, close their eyes, and use their imagination of what will happen around this rock in the future. <laughs> Things go terribly wrong. At which point, um, it's it's very simple but effective illustrations of this. Kind of like a kid's version of an eye monster mm -hmm. coming onto the page. I think it's an alien. Yeah. Yeah. So the uh, in their imagination, this alien monster um, uses its uh, fire burning laser eye, laser laser pupil. Yep, to burn a tulip and then walk away, and that that scared them um, from using their imagination. Then we get to chapter four, the sunset. It's all about setup and payoff, baby. At which point I'm I'm in the frog and toad mindset. Yeah, there's definitely a bit of that. It's got chapters. Mm -hmm. It's mainly got the same two characters. A limited cast. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that that those were the vibes I was getting. Mm -hmm. But um, the snake and the armadillo are underneath this giant rock enjoying the sunset. The turtle is very far away, and he's like, well. Looks like there's no room under the rock. Well, that's fine. That's fine. Because I'm going to go way over here and enjoy my time. <laughs> hey, I said I'm going to enjoy my time over here. And they're like, we can't hear you. Get you're you're too far away. So the turtle slowly gets closer and closer to be like, hey, I'm, I just want to let you know that um, I'm, I'm going to enjoy my, t my time far away uh, in Chapter 5, at which point the... <laughs> The snake and the armadillo, whose eyes were just getting ready to close because it's nighttime. Uh, eyes Boom! Man. Eyes pop open, and they see the monster from their imagination is real and is now behind the turtle. Mm -hmm. So the turtle, as it slowly gets closer to tell them that, you know, I don't want to be close to you guys. I'm going to go to my other spot. Um, the monster... The laser eyeball starts starts to rev up. It starts to rev up, and then spoiler alert: second rock, <laughs> or third? Or yes, it's a second. Second. Okay, second rock falls from yeah. the sky. It falls from the sky and it kills the alien. And I will say, I did not see the second rock coming. No, you did not, right? That is a surprise. And that's it. The yes, end. the man has already won a Caldecott Award and an honor, I believe. Um, so he doesn't lack for people praising him 
But Caldecott committees love that guy, and I would argue that's a stronger book than I want my hat back. I would uh, no, no, I would just I would well yes, I would say it was stronger <laughs> than that one. I would also say it's much stronger than um, this is not my hat, which was the one that won the Caldecott Award. Uh, so I'm a big fan of it. I don't see it getting the award, but I could see it getting an honor. Yeah. Overall, I said it's cute. It's an easy to read book. Um, you could do different voices when you read the three different characters. It's very, it's very simple, but effective illustrations, but I don't see this one winning. I not the award. No, I do see someone making a beret for a snake though. (laughs) Like our cousin. Okay. So the third book is called wishes. Mm hmm. The reason it's called Wishes is because it's very simple text and every page it says something was wished. Yes. So it starts off by saying, the knight wished it was quieter, the bag wished it was deeper, and it goes through the story of this family picking up their belongings, packing what they can, um, and moving themselves to a new country. But the little girl is holding this puppy. And oh, yeah. got that baby dog eyes. Baby dog eyes. And I wrote in the notes, puppy! Puppy, puppy's not coming. <laughs> so as they start packing up their things really early in the morning and saying goodbye to their grandfather, who they'll probably never see again. Yep. Uh, that is the definite understanding with that picture. Yeah. Yep. Um, they. It says the path wished it was shorter because they're walking away from the home and they're walking towards this boat it's not a very big boat and there looks like i counted it looked like there were 18 people on this itty bitty boat leaving i believe vietnam yes yes there's back matter in this book yeah yeah yeah. oh (laughs) yes there is so all these people are cramming onto this boat it says the boat wished it was bigger and it's pouring down rain and it says the sea wished it was calmer and then you flip the page and this page caught my attention so much because it says the sun wished it was cooler and the illustration of the sun against the water with this little boat it's not anim- it's like not illustrations i've ever seen before mm-hmm. it's something totally different but it's so pretty and then i also noticed there's like a signature on every single page it's like a little square with symbols oh so inside of it. yeah like It is a signature. It's just a signature stamp. Mm -hmm. Ah, and I saw that on, and after realizing that um, on the page that says um, the heart wished it was stronger, you can see it on the child's arm on the bottom of the page. Um, But the little girl, you know, it's next to her. It says the home wished it was closer. And then it says, and I wished, and then very, very far away, you can see a boat. And in the back notes, I read that it was a Coast Guard mm-hmm. boat. So you can see that they're all like waving to the boat, trying to get its attention so that they can be rescued. And this, oh, this illustration is so cool. The overlapping of, like, it's like hand, you can see the motion of hands reaching out to grab people from the boat to bring them on board. But this is where I also got like anime vibes is that I feel like I could see the hands moving. Yeah. Because they're overlapping each other yeah. in the illustration. There's definitely a sense of movement in this type of art. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've never seen anything like that before yeah. in a book. I thought that it was, was so beautiful. cool. Um, and so, but it's she says, I wish that I didn't have to wish anymore. Mm-hmm. And they're on their way to... I, I was like, some urban city. I, I believe it's, they say it's Hong Kong. They do. Yeah. 
I definitely, yeah, I didn't know either when I read it. I was like, oh, is this a real city? Is this just one made up for the book? But no, it's a real city. Yeah. So the back matter, I let, I read, it explains that the author, it's the author's own story of going from Vietnam to Hong Kong. Um, But the illustrator is the one that points out that there's only 75 words in this entire book, which I feel makes it more powerful. I agree. And much more difficult to write. Much more difficult. I mean, and I've seen a lot of immigration and migration picture books. They tend to be wordy or I don't know. They're very hard to write. And I feel like this is one of the most successful. Um, The illustrator, I should say, only did one other picture book I've ever seen, which was Dazzle Ships, which was by Chris Barton and was a uh, nonfiction story about when, I think it was in World War One. Uh, America decided to paint the ships in bizarre patterns to throw off the radar of the enemy. It, it's such a weird story, and and the art was perfect for it. So it was really nice to see this return. And yeah, I think this has a this has a fair shot. Um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's I mean, it's a great story. It's really well done. It's gorgeous. I would love to see it at least get an honor. Um, We'll see if it does. Oh, so this, this was my prediction for winning. Oh, really? You think it's going to win? Okay. I mean, of the three you uh, gave all me, right, all right. I said because of the story, the illustrations, the simplicity, the mm-hmm. heart, it's all there. It's all there. It is all there. All right. Well, now it's time to, to vote which we think is going to get the Caldecott Award, the gold. I mean, I'm saying wishes. What all are right. you saying? I'm saying unspeakable. Okay. I think it's a combination. So we shall see. So for those of you who want to tune in, uh, we are going to have the ALA Youth Media Awards on Monday, January 24th at 8 a.m. Central Time. I'll put the link in the show notes. Also, I'm probably going to do a pregame show uh, where I go through a bunch of the contenders. So I will also put the link to that in the show notes. And that will start at 7 Central Time. Cool. Letters time. Hmm. All right. These are all like comments that people made about, let's have a pup, said Kate. And speaking of that title, I thought Margot had one of the most interesting comments. She wrote, in Australia, this book is simply called Let's Get a Pup. We didn't see the need to add said Kate. This book won our Australian Children's Book Council Award for an early childhood picture book. I work as a volunteer for IBBY Australia, and we will celebrate Bob and our other HCAA nominees at our International Children's Book Day event on April 2nd, 2022. Our brother's birthday. That's right. (laughs) Happy birthday to you, Ben. Janice wrote in about the bizarre uh, shower head. Yeah. Yeah. And she says, it looks the European. Bidet. The bidet. <laughs> the wall bidet. You know, that's Where how they work, right? Stick your butt on the wall and put we your head in the Americans tub. don't know. <laughs> that's where they go. Uh, it looks European, I think, and is perhaps hooked to an instant hot water source. That's fascinating. Huh. And then um, it a Mary Cat. Wrote, love Bob Graham, inclusive books, but not didactic. Check out Greetings from Sandy Beach, which I don't think ever came to America, but I could be wrong. Was thinking I needed to suggest him to you. Similar showers, very common in Ireland. As suggested above, it's an instant water heater attached to shower. Interesting. So there we go. Instant (laughs) water heater attached to shower. Things we never encounter. Grown up things we like. Okay, mine, after reading these books, it's going to sound so stupid. That's okay. I, you can, we need a little lightness. Okay. All right. Well. Mine's pretty dumb too, so. All right. Well, this is not an ad, but we started doing Home Chef. 
because I can't cook. <laughs> you can't cook? No, I can't cook. I mean, when you don't have kids, cereal can be dinner, right? Oh, yeah. If if I'm alone by myself and I don't have a kid or a husband or anything around that I cook also for, it's like cereal and maybe a sausage I put in the stove. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So one of my resolutions was to try and cook more. So we went with this meal prep service. Oh, yeah. So so far, it's pretty sweet. Uh, out of like the ten recipes we've gotten so far, only one of them didn't have a very clear step. But other than that, um, it's been we've been giving our own like internal Yelp reviews to ourselves just so we know whether we liked it or not. And Good most idea. of them have been five out of five. Ah, um, very nice. Also, I think it's cheaper than grocery shopping. But again, there's only two of us. There's only two so, of you, so yeah. Yeah. So if you're lazy or you don't know how to cook. Or you just want to eat better because they do have options for like low carb meals or low calorie meals or vegetarian meals. Um, try a meal delivery service like Home Chef. I don't think we'll do this all year. <laughs> yeah. Um, but with enough recipes, we'll at least have a lot to work with. Yeah. That's so nice. if you want to try Home Chef, um, I have a code for thirty five dollars off. It's Kata thirty two K A T A three two. Oh, that's very nice of you. But again, not an ad. I could care less what you do. So. There you go. <laughs> well, I should say the penguinologist got me into the podcast uh, 99% Invisible, um, which is a great podcast, just sort of about, you know, the, the underside of design and, and things in life you wouldn't really think about. And they had a great episode very recently. Uh, there was a bunch of little mini episodes all put together, one involving the jazz cup. Kate, I'm going to show you a picture of a cup. Does this look familiar? Absolutely. It was ubiquitous in the 80s and 90s. Yep. If you were a kid, you had a white cup with a blue kind of uh, swish and a very thin purple swish on top of it. Exactly. Exactly. It's called the jazz cup. It was everywhere. And for a long time, the internet got obsessed with the fact they couldn't figure out who designed it because it was everywhere and yet no one knew who made it. Uh, We now have the story of the creator and... I was listening to an absolutely fascinating story of this woman who worked for a cup company and uh, they had an internal like contest. She won a $50 gift certificate and uh, maybe some swag and that was it. And then her design went everywhere. These days she turns people's cowboy boots into purses. Very cool. If your husband uh, died and he wore cowboy boots, just give them to her. He'll turn into a purse and then you can carry him with you everywhere. Wow. There is a twist to the story, so uh, I'll... She's a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite that twist, but it's, uh, there. there is a little twist at the end. It's fine, She's though. actually a cat. Exactly. <laughs> That's how did you know? See, yours was way more interesting than mine. Really? The jazz cup? Yay, jazz cup. I'll put a picture in there. You guys will take one look. I um, should say, those of you who lived through the 80s and the 90s will take one look at it and you'll instantly recognize it. The rest of you may not, yep. but that's okay. All right, so I'm prepping for the Newberry Caldecott and uh, yeah, we will see. We'll see what that goes. Yeah, let, let me know who wins. I'll let you know who wins and if there's ever a reception again, maybe we can do something with some of the winners. Cool. We'll see. All right. And until we find out if that's ever going to happen, (laughs) I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8 Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM. Or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our jazz cup is Drew Etienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Etienza and Betsy Bird.